Hi friends, welcome to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. Today we are going, I should start waving when I do that, and but I'm going to make it, it's going to get more intense every single video. So by by August 2018, it's just going to be violet flailing, I'm going to be knocking kids through windows, I'm going to be warping space time. But today we're going to, uh, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be spontaneous. We're going to scroll through the Instagram feed of photographer Forrest Mankins. And you may or may not remember that in my recent video, three inst- excellent Instagram travel photographers, I think that's what I called it, I think I got the order of those words right, uh, he was one of the photographers that was mentioned. And today I just want to scroll through his Instagram feed and just talk about it, see what we see what we find. So let's do that. I got my water. Uh, it's very full, but it's okay. I used to be a barista. I'm a trained professional at handling very full water containment units. I gotta have water. I also have a gallon jug <laughs> on the floor because you can't be too hydrated, you know. So let's begin, shall we? Here we are on the Instagram page of the Forest Mankins. Now I've I've worried about talking about such a visual medium in audio form for those of you who are listening on the podcast. But as I thought about it, I realized we listen to audiobooks and we we it's very easy for our brains to take words and turn them into an imagined visual, right? So maybe you're not you're not getting the the exact same picture in your head as what I'm looking at, but I think it works, right? Uh, so, so I'm going to try to be as descriptive as humanly possible as I'm talking about these photos. But let's just let's just find a nice photo to start with, and then just talk about thoughts. I really like this one of his. This is a photo uh, from it seems like he's maybe back in a canyon. You have on the right side of the uh, frame you have a hill running up the side at a 45 degree angle. Then you have in, in the background you have more hills, much more sheer. And there's this sort of layering that's going on. Interesting light poking through the behind the mountains in the background. The further back you get, the brighter it gets. And there's this haze that happens, which, which gives this sense of tremendous depth. And he's shooting in a very interesting time in terms of light, I think, here. A very late dusk type of light. Very dark in the foreground. It kind of makes you go, okay, what is the, what is the subject of this photo? Because if you... If you look at the photo, there's this sheer cliff on the left side in the, uh, I guess we can call the middle ground in the big scheme of things here. And that's sort of a subject, right? But then you have a car uh, close to us in the foreground. It's darker than the background. It's an interesting, unique layout of elements here. But there's there's definitely a geometric quality to the photo that feels quite nice. And when you're shooting landscape photos, this is one of the hardest things to do. When you see a scene, turning that scene from something in your brain that seems so pleasing, because you're seeing it with your eyes, you're there, you can move around, you you have a sense of parallax. Taking that and communicating that in a photo is something that is not completely natural to do. So you have to use different tricks, such as uh, geometry and light, creating a sense of depth, finding ways to tell our brain what we're looking at, tell our brain how we should feel about what we're looking at. And I think the colors are just beautiful here. Moving on. Okay, so as I spoke about in the video, he likes to take photos from inside his car and outside his car, of his car, 
There's lots of photos of the car. It's very much a character in his work. And it provides for such a nostalgic feeling of traveling and exploration. And I really, I really enjoy that. The, in this photo, we have a, inside the car, there's sort of a feather hanging down from the mirror or something of this sort. The car is pretty dark, and then outside you have the mountains. But the background is out of focus, very out of focus. You're focused on this, fe uh, this feather-looking situation. And it sort of becomes the subject. But once again, it's sort of ambiguous, right? Because the background's much brighter, much... Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say much more interesting, necessarily... But it's much more dominant in the photo in every sense other than the fact that it is uh, not in focus. The feather is what's in focus. And you have, the, you have a hand on a steering wheel over in the left corner. Sort of this, this, this little poetic play. It's sort of playing around with the idea of what you should be focusing on. And that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to pull off in a way that, that is aesthetically pleasing and works together, but he does it so beautifully. Moving along, we have Penny the puppy. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. What's that? I don't know what kind of dog that is. I'm not much of a, of a dog breed connoisseur. I know that ours is a German short-haired pointer lab mix, but I'm not sure. But very beautiful markings. Lovely puppy. Looks like something you would you would want to give a piece of cheese and just watch them, watch them live their best life. You know, have joy. I really enjoy this photo. And another shot inside a car, a uh, guy a uh, guy hanging his hand out the window. You can feel the wind on his hand as you look at this photo. One reason why is because you can you can see the motion of the background and the the bushes going by. The closer it is to the car, there's more the, the more motion it is. So he drug a shutter intentionally. And I also love the fact that in the background you have this very green, uh, green but desert scene. Looks looks like Utah. Reminds me of Utah. I'm not sure where this is at, but but it feels so open and, and lots of nostalgic vibes and his ability to communicate mood and nostalgia is is also a gift. It's something that comes from I think a very intellectual mind to to find, to to figure out how to navigate through the the uh, life and, and turn that into a composition of a photo, turn colors and light, all of that, make all of that come together in a way that, that um, tells a story that feels just as much as it sees, <laughs> if you will. Beautiful, beautiful work here. And the light on the hand, it's the brightest point in the photo. Very clear what the subject is here. And I love it. Let's scroll further, shall we? More Penny the Puppy, the fire extinguisher, because she's ready to change, to save lives. <clears throat> Penny the Puppy with his, I assume, love interest. I still haven't figured this out. But uh, this, is, this is actually a really interesting photo. You have Penny the Puppy licking the nose, the nostril. They're sitting inside a car. She has, I think this is the same girl. Yeah, Claire. Someone let me know if this is his love interest. <laughs> Someone with advanced knowledge. Uh, so yeah, so they're sitting there in the car. You have a puppy licking Claire's nose, and she has a map, which adds a, a bit of novelty and nostalgia to it as well. And I think when you get off the map, so to speak, it's probably a good idea to have a map with you. And I, I've thought about this. I'm like, what? What if we get stuck in the middle? Because we, me and my wife, go down to the desert all the time. Go down to Moab, and it's pretty. I mean, you could, almost everywhere in Utah, you you have reception. There are certain points where it it dips out. 
in, uh, in a lot of Utah is the middle of nowhere in many ways. So I'm thinking, wouldn't it be a good idea to have a map just in case things go sideways and our phones die? Well, maybe, maybe. We're, we're, we're not, we're, we as humans in this world are no longer survivalists. If something goes horribly wrong, we're going to, we're, we're not going to be the ones that survive. It's going to be the people in the, the Af, in the Serengeti, the, the tri- tribesmen hunting with their bows and arrows, walking around with the, with the, um, ceremonial, with the plates. Oh my gosh, the plates in the, they put them in their lips, right? Oh, that's intense. So anyway, okay, so this is a photo. Uh, so puppy licking the nose and the light coming in through the photo is very extravagant and it creates a nice lens flare. And being able to see this and translate this into a photo is an interesting, challenging task. Very warm light as well, too, which is not something you see in all of Forrest's work. And I think he pulls it off well here. But even though the light is is uh, warm, he uses it in the same way he uses the cool light, which is to create this intense, rich, emotional quality to the photo. Also very filmic, which uh, which adds its own emotional quality. I love that about film. Uh, so yeah, compositionally really interesting. This um, nice semi-wide semi-wide shot from inside the car this is a photo about expression more than anything right right do you agree affirm me for the love of god affirm me this was the first one that i i i showed in the video and i really like this photo i think it's very much signature forest mankins you have a picture of a toyota car with a canoe on top sitting in, in the dead center in the frame beautiful moody late dusk early morning probably late dusk i'm going to guess landscape sort of exploding out from from the car a couple of trees right next to the car in the background interesting compositional elements and then some other trees, uh, purple flowers all around, just little elements that, that make this photo come together. The photo is not perfectly symmetrical, but it is very symmetrical. So it's, it's this nice balance of, of imperfection that turns into something that we can find that we can do the pattern recognition in our brain and go, oh, that's nice, right? And I think it works well here because you have a you have two hills on either side of the the truck at sort of a 45 degree-esque angle moving up as hills often do but one is a little bit uh less inclined than the other but it, it works really well the the two points of light on the front of the toyota really make this photo work imagine this photo without the headlights on and you have eh, it's a picture of it you know it's 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 it wouldn't have worked the same it would not have been nearly as interesting and, and, and intriguing to the mind as this is, uh, headlights are a really, really useful piece of element to add to a, a good landscape photo if you can, because they're they're just these these nice round points of light draws your draws your eye in. Beautiful blue mountains in the background. Uh, photos laid out compositionally great. And I think that the one of the things I mentioned in the photo is that his, or the video is that his uh, his photos the the compositions feel very organic they don't they don't feel intensely structured which is in uh, contrast to my thoughts on kevin uh, russ's photos which his have an, a bit of an organic quality too but they feel much more structured they feel they feel very controlled in, in the best way possible 
Oh, Penny the puppy, hello. Oh, she got a blanket. It's important to stay warm if you're a puppy. Oh, it's another one with the blanket. You gotta stay warm if you're a puppy. Oh, another one with the blanket. You gotta stay warm if you're a puppy. One of the other things I mentioned in the video is how his use of leading lines. You'll see this all throughout his work. Really, really... Uh, he has a really intense recognition. Is that the right word? He has a he he sees leading lines in the world and and works them into his photo beautifully. In this case, we have a photo of a car going down a road in the middle of a forest and some rolling hills. All right, some, some well in South Carolina. If you're in if you're on the East Coast and you're in North Carolina, what, a Virginia range, these are mountains. If you're in Utah, these are hills. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, mountains are much different on the west side of the United States than on the east side. But uh, li very nice lit up road. Maybe some post-processing went into making the road so bright and uh, making it stick out from the rest. I'm not sure if, if the light just did this. If so, that's awesome. But you have a car going down the road and the, the headlights on the car just a little bit peeking through. Little points of light that separate the car well. The road is lit up from uh, one of the brightest points in the image, so it focuses your eye in. And it just takes your brain on a journey, as leading lines do. background, you have a beautiful pink sky and a very organic geometric quality to the photo, which is quite interesting. Scrolling more. There's the puppy in the blanket. Puppy's got to have a blanket. Oh, this is the puppy sitting beside a boot. Puppy's got to have a boot. This is one of my favorite ones by him. So when I was collecting these photos, I, I, for Kevin Russ, I believe I collected like 90 photos. I think most of them didn't make it in the video, but I scrolled all the way down the feed. Hopefully we'll find one that I, I really enjoyed in a second, which is a picture of a glacier. Blew my face off. It's still gone. It's horrible. I have a prosthetic right now. Uh, but this photo is uh, a scene with some lovely alpine-esque type trees, sort of maybe pine trees, river running through. This photo feels very cold, very moody. You, you, can, you can feel the shiver in this photo, right? And then you have a river running down the middle of the screen, once again a leading line, and these trees coming off on either side. An absolutely aesthetically pleasing scene. It's hard to go wrong with this type of scene, but the way he shot it is beautiful, and the way he the way he uh, worked the photos in this color, or the, oh my gosh, the colors in this photo. And get a sip of water. Puppy's gotta have water. Uh, the way the colors in this photo are, are edited and probably shot to be very cool creates such an intense, visceral response. Scroll a little bit more. I'm gonna find one that I really, really like. I like this one a lot. Picture of a... So I, maybe that's the feather in the last one. It was just sideways. So yeah, now we can see the feather a lot more. Focused in on the... I, it's interesting because he's essentially focused on the dashboard of the inside of his car. Uh, intriguing interior. Like, looks like some sort of 90s vehicle. I guess maybe the Toyota in the last one. Yeah, it looks like it's blue. But when you have an interesting car, take photos of it. Come on. But you see the mountains in the background. And this is just a scene that... Sh this. It's a mishmash of all sorts of elements that are composed together to create a feeling, right? And uh, he does that. He does that so well. <laughs> One photo, I'm gonna be like, he does that so horribly. Makes me depressed. 
I really like this one. Once again, another scene of of uh, travel vibes. It's a picture of a campfire. Uh, the campfire is the brightest point in the, the photo, and then you have the back of the you have a a girl sitting in the uh, camper section of the truck, and very lit up inside the truck. So the point of light is right in the center of the frame, and then a couple of trees around. Camp vibes. You have a, a string of lights attached to a tree. Very vibey photo. Lots of feelings, right? Lots of feelings. It's important to, if you want to do this, it's important to think of your photography outside of the realm of of, of just the visual elements coming together, although that is rather important, and get into the, the, the story that you're trying to tell and how can you communicate a feeling? How can you share things that aren't visible in the photo, right? Let's see if I can find this glacier shot. Glaciers. The, the glaciers, the Earth's um, belly button. You put that on a travel card, right? That makes sense. Scrolling. My computer sounds like the SpaceX launch. Did you guys see that? Holy crap. Like, Elon's on another level. He's shooting cars into space. They're floating around, and the car's floating around in space right now. You can watch a live stream, a 24-7 live stream. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss this glacier photo. 24-7 live stream, I believe, of a car floating around in space with a mannequin in it. Somebody hypothesized in a podcast I listened to that there may be a body in there. (laughs) (sighs) Who did Elon hate? That's the question. Uh, I really like this one too. Another photo from inside the car. I'm going to move on from these car photos, but the nice uh, reddish tones, very film quality once again. Reddish tones to the shadows, bluish tones in the background. Just a vi- just incredibly vibey photo. So so dark outside. It's almost it seems like it's almost nighttime inside. All you can see of the car is a silhouette of the steering wheel and the different the the speedometers and the the fuel fuelometer and what have you creates a really really intense looking photo in terms of the light dynamic but anyway elon musk hates somebody he put him inside the mannequin costume in the car and just imagine you're watching a live stream and they're like oh this is so peaceful but really you're looking at a body just imagine that could you could you know uh and so what i was saying oh yeah also the fact that he landed the rockets is I mean, the place that we're in right now, I, I I told my wife, I was like, we're in the future. We're actually, we always say this. We're like, we're, we're we, we always say, here's the moose photo. We're going to talk about this one. We always say one, it's sort of this one day we will be in the future. One day we will have flying cars or yeah, it's, it's sort of like this thing that we will reach. But I had this moment the other day where I was like, we're there, we're there. <laughs> Where he just landed two rockets that don't that don't they don't have wings. They're just using thrusters to land. It's it's, it's absolutely Star Wars. It's amazing. We have reached the future. We've we've reached such a level in our society that we're we we are going to probably what's <laughs> we're probably going to um the only thing that can stop us now is a meteorite hitting us and we won't we we will use 
We will focus on all sorts of other things, but you know what? If a meteorite comes into our atmosphere, what do we do? How do you stop that once it gets that close, right? All right. So here's a moose. <laughs> here's a moose. Uh, I really like this photo because there's such a dramatic. There's such a dramatic quality to the motion in the photo, and it's it, it, the photo punches you in the face when you see it. he's so close to the moose. It, the moose fills up the frame, uh, and the. The, the the motion blur this sort of create uh, sort of illustrates this presence of mind that he must have had when he was taking this photo because the motion blur on the the hooves is beautiful now this may have been an accident but the, to create that but the reason I say that is because it's so easy to take this photo have the moose be out of way out of focus or the hooves are perfectly in mid stride not motion blurred like the shutter has not been draggeth. Which is okay. I think that still would have been a fantastic photo. But there's such a drama to this photo from the the motion blur and the hooves. And uh, I don't know if they were driving beside, you know, because the road's also moving. So I'm assuming they're driving beside the moose. The moose is running and they, they had to grab the photo. But just this is an example of practice being being prepared for when something like this comes around and knowing how to knowing how to work your camera <laughs> and being prepared for uh, for an extravagant situation to come like a moose like a moose or a puppy i want to find that iceberg photo so hard scrolling scrolling infinite scrolling you know infinite scrolling has always bothered me and the reason why, let's talk, oh, we're getting to the ice, oh, there it is, there it is, oh, I don't want to show yet, I don't want to show, it's so, it's so important, it's so important. You ever have something that's just such a big deal in your life that you don't want to, like if you're creating something, you don't want to share it with the world because it's just such a big deal? That's a, those, those are creative, that, that, that's the actual creative process. <laughs> So uh, I, I really like this photo, you have these intent, you have a truck sitting on the side of the road, headlights beaming. Very dark on the bottom half of the scene, and the, the the brightest point is the headlights. They punch through the darkness. And in the background, you have these sharp mountains shooting up. Let's see, where was he at? After a long day of driving from Montana to Alberta, heading to find a camp spot. So somewhere between Montana and Alberta. That's a great band name, by the way. Uh, so yeah, very sharp mountains in the background. Beautiful, intense scene and and. Whenever you see these mountains in person, they 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 do blow your face off a little bit. I get my face blown off a lot, and very high insurance. Believe me. Now, the, uh, the mountains that look like this in person are absolutely extravagant. Now, it is hard to convey that in a photo properly, <laughs> and. I think one of the ways that you can be intentional about trying to pull that off is by illustrating a sense of scale for one. So we have the truck in the foreground here, and that compared to the mountains in the background. If you just had a scene of the mountains and some trees and stuff, right? If this was the scene minus the truck, it would, uh, it would, you would probably be able to have some sense of scale, but it wouldn't, it would not be as visceral of a response to seeing the truck compared or a human compared to these mountains. 
And then you work the angle, right? Then you work the angle and figure out. So what you can also do is, is and maybe this wasn't the situation, but there are certain situations where you can chop off the top of whatever is so enormous. I, I saw a photo the other day of a building. It was a skyscraper. In the foreground, you had, you had this neighborhood, like a suburban neighborhood. And then in the background, you see this tall uh, pencil-like, like I think of the pencil building and... New York, I forget what it's called, 123-something Boulevard. It's a really tall residential building. Similar, not, I mean, not really, it's not as thin, but give you a good idea. Just that sort of, that sort of very slender shooting up into the air. And the photographer cut off the top of the frame. And I thought that was so brilliant because it makes the building feel huge because you can't see the top. You don't know where it ends. And this is a way to, to influence our brains. Now, there are a lot of different ways to do that, but those are just a couple. Okay, Glacier Photo. It's time. I feel like I was talking about something that I wanted to finish up on. Let me get a sip of water. <clears throat> this photo is glorious to me. In the foreground, you have some, a couple of trees, some yellow leaves, and then some pine trees uh, in the middle foreground, if you will. And very warm colors, Right? Uh, the, these pine trees poking up, nice, nice compositional elements. <clears throat> uh, the photo feels quite balanced overall. And then as soon as you get past these trees, you see just what feels like a cliff, just nothingness. And then you have this enormous glacier. For a second, I thought, what is this called again? It is a glacier. Amer America's belly buttons is what I said or something, something of that sort but... Uh, yeah, this enormous glacier running down this mountain range and probably c cutting up the mountains and carving out a valley. And you just, you feel the enormity of it. One, because of the foreground elements, you you get a sense of depth. But two, just this, this there's a mist that sort of covers the glacier in the distance. And it feels... It feels so huge because that mist indicates to our brain that 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 thing is far away, and uh, and th there's there's that, and then there is the fact that you're comparing the glacier against the mountains, and there the filmic color, the filmic tones adds a sense of emotionality to it, which also uh, makes that makes that feeling more intense, and. I, I really love this this feeling that you if you walk over the edge of these trees, you're gonna fall off into the abyss, into nothingness. The glacier fills the entire bottom half of the frame and then moves out into the distance. It's a it's just one big leading line, really. And in the distance, you feel like the world just falls off. It's crazy. Maybe it's a maybe that's where the flat earthers will find the ice wall. Uh, just absolutely beautiful shot, just stunning. Just it emotionally punches you in the gut because you feel the enormity, and that's that's. There are a lot of elements that have to come together in such a beautiful fashion to create that response, and there there are so many different ways that that response can be created. Like there there are so many different situations, and and so many different ways that you can orient yourself within that situation to create that response. And it's, it's this endless art form to pursue. Let's see if we can find a, another photo. I think we're, I think we're going to wrap it up in just a moment. Scrolling, 
scrolling. Earth is so beautiful that even its belly button is stunning. You know? Oh, the puppy again. That's a different puppy, though. Get a blanket. Don't be cold. Puppies need blankets. Hmm, which one should we end on? Which one? Where should our heart guide us? A lot of them are really good. But they're just, you know, you just, I just want to find the one that sticks out, stands above. Stands above all the rest. Stands above the, it all. Motivational country song. Scrolling. Singing to pass the time. Is enjoying this. Better be happy I have my water. I can can hit these raspy notes, you know. If I would were to describe my voice in one word, it would be raspy. Oh man, see all of them are, you know, this they're sort of repeating a lot of the thoughts that I already spoketh of. Oh, that's a car on a beach. Ooh, bite oh, bison in the headlights. Interesting. It's gonna jump out. It's gonna it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna show itself and it's gonna be a beautiful experience for all of us. We're all gonna cry together. It's gonna be a simultaneous crying. Millions of people crying together. That's my idea of a of a good Saturday, you know. Uh okay, so we'll, yeah, let's end on this one. So this is a great example of what I was talking about a second ago with cutting off the top to create a sense of scale. This is a photo about scale. We have a photo of Skogafoss Waterfall, Iceland. I don't know. I think that's how you pronounce that. I want to go to Iceland um, tremendously, as does anybody who takes photos of anything ever. So that we have a photo of a, a, an enormous waterfall, and it's, it seems like a rather tall waterfall. What he's done here is he has a photo of, or he has a he has a person on the bottom half of the scene in an orange coat to separate that person from the the rest of the scene in a glorious fashion. And then you have the waterfall right behind the person, mossy hill, uh, mossy cliff on the, the left side, and then a couple other elements scattered about. Very pleasing. Uh, it feels quite balanced, the photo compositionally. feels good. And so you have this, this torrential downpour of water from a waterfall, and you can't see the top of the waterfall, so you don't know how far this waterfall goes on. You can intellectually sort of do the math and think, okay, it probably ends, probably ends, uh, you know, 30 more feet up, right? But, but that doesn't change the fact that your brain, in a split second, boom, snap, I had to snap into the mic, saying, who's barking? Uh, did you like that? That was, uh, that was, I'm gonna, that's in Dolby HD audio right there. Only the snap, though. Only the snap. So we have the, where was that? The waterfall is, is, is not, is, is not, it's, what am I saying? I'm gonna get some water. In a split second, Dolby HD snap, you can, you get this idea in your in your in the back of your brain in the, the the feeling parts that this thing is huge 
And this is a meaningful waterfall. This is intense. And this is a completely different vibe that you would get if somebody just took a photo of the waterfall that wasn't thought out in this way. And having the person at the bottom of the frame so tiny, the person fills up, what, 2% of the frame? So tiny gives you this this feeling of immensity, and these this is how you take landscape photos. A lot of a lot of the the beauty of landscapes is how huge they feel when you're when you're in these these places. And there are a lot of different things that one can pursue to to make landscapes feel like they do uh, look like they do, but also also feel like they do when you're there. Even the small parts of landscapes, but um, but th- this is the you know this is the the type of brain that it takes to create photos that communicate with with your viewer in a way that's meaningful that tells a story. Tale as old as t- okay, all right, all right. okay, that's it. I really dig this format. I think it's a great way to create some specificity around specific photographic situations and how the photographer. Uh, solved different problems that came at them. You can look at you, you can look at different photos that represent different techniques executed well. I think it's a great way to deep dive as well. Just scrolling through an Instagram feed. If you guys have any photographers that you enjoy, please feel free to share them with me, and I may I may just talk about it. We'll see how it goes. But thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope you have a lovely day. Uh, please feel free to engage below. Goodbye.